Hi, thank you for listening to Trinity San Diego Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message will encourage you. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, you can partner with us to reach others by investing at trinitysandiego.org. Thanks once again. Now here's Pastor Todd. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to bring your Bibles. Who has a Bible? Let's hold it up. Hopefully you're all charged up. Good. Um, I see a lot of lights. Uh, we're grateful. Uh, but Genesis chapter 2, we're taking it back to the beginning. Chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. Um, we are in week 3 of our collection of talks titled, I Want to Get Better. I Want to Get Better. And we uh, uh, have really come to the, the continuum and the angle that we go through of knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose so that you can make a difference. And Katie, uh, Pastor Katie, kicked off our collection of talks with No God and how Jesus is the example in our story. I'm sorry, God is the author of our story. Jesus is the example in our story. And the Holy Spirit is the helper through our story. And then last week, uh, Pastor Lucas Connell was here and uh, it was Freedom Sunday. It was really transformational. I want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to either of those, uh, you can go on Apple or iTunes or Spotify and you can go and, and end up getting those and listening to those and get those in your spirit, both that know God and find freedom. But one of the coolest things too is as we are talking today, I want to give it up for our Facebook Live. Come on, let's give it up for our Facebook Live. We actually reach all over the world. We had someone watching from East Africa last week. We had Pakistan. We have Brazil. So when, when we say Facebook Live's a big deal, it's a big deal because guess what? We're reaching the ends of the earth based upon that little screen back there. So I wanted to welcome you. We're grateful that you're here. Uh, but um, I want you to. I also want to encourage you. You have sermon notes there. Uh, those sermon notes. We don't want you just to hear it, but we want you to live it. Amen. So Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. It will also be on your screens. It says, The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And all the men said, Amen. Come on, you can score points, people. I'm helping you. Jeez. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the fields and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them, or see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the, so the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and the beasts of the field, but for Adam, no suitable helper for him. Let me just clarify that, okay? Adam was naming all those animals, and he was naming them, and he was giving them male and female, okay? He was naming both of them. But then Adam noticed, probably because God knew that Adam would be distracted if he knew that there was a woman that was in front of him, amen? And so he, was, he, he knew that he could only get that task done before woman was created, and that was a bit, pretty big task. And so today, the title of my message about purpose is Don't Miss Your Purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't Miss Your Purpose. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you today. We like to pray. Praying's a good thing because it's conversation with you. 
So God, today I pray that you go before us, you go around us, you go through us. God, let this word go forth and let us be changed and transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit on this Sunday in October. We love you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you mind if I do that? How many have ever asked, what is my purpose? Like, don't lie, you're in church. Come on. Uh, we often ask ourselves, God, what is my purpose? And we do that in different seasons of our life. We do that at the early seasons of our life. We do it in the middle seasons of our life. And we do it in the later seasons of our life. Because in the beginning seasons, we're trying to figure out our purpose because we're, we're just kind of growing up and we're kind of stepping out and figuring it out. Then we go in, in, you know, in the middle age area, we, like, we, we understand our purpose, but yet what's my next purpose? And then when we get to be veterans and we're older, what happens is, and I'm not talking veterans of war, I'm just talking about it's a nice way of you know, saying you're elderly. And so basically the veterans of our world, they're going, well, what's my purpose? And I believe that this message is important because everyone has a purpose. Amen. Amen. If you have a pulse, you got a purpose. Okay. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. But oftentimes we always ask God, what is my purpose? We pray about our purpose. Um, we look for prophecies about our purpose. We listen to podcasts about our purpose. We quit jobs and find new jobs because we aren't satisfied with the purpose of the other one to get to the new one. We think that that's going to be everything. But let me tell you, those are all good and there's seasons for those. There are seasons for you. To, you should always pray about your purpose. You should always listen to podcasts. You should always desire prophecies about your purpose. But let me tell you, what you need to do is you need to realize that, 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 that everyone has a purpose and every season is different. And so what you have to do is you have to say, what is my purpose? you got to look at yourself because here at Trinity, we want you to discover your purpose. That's why next steps is so important. I've gone through next steps. I've not even taught the class, but I actually gone through it personally because I want to continue to develop my purpose. You see, I like to work out and working out one, I, I love going on cruises too. And I love to go on cruises and work out because what happens is when you go on a cruise, People think that they're going to get, get a beach body in a day. You know, they're on the bike going as fast as they can. And, and that's the thing, is there is a process to discovering your purpose. It's not like one day you just arrive. But what you have to do is you have to create margin and space for you to really realize the purpose that God has for you. And so that's why next steps is so important. Look at your neighbor and say, I have a purpose. And so in our text today, we read the original purpose of man. The original purpose of man. Man's purpose was to name the animals and work in the garden. And this is before sin. This is before, this is God's original plan was to go and have man be created. And he wanted man not to just hang around, but he wanted man to have a purpose. And the, and the man's purpose was to name the animals. Genesis uh, 2, 19 through 20. We have it for you on the screens. It says, Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. See, man's purpose was what God gave to man. God gave man the authority to do that. He looked over and he says, Oh, well, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Lion, there you are. Mr. and Mrs. Bear. Mr. and Mrs. Donkey, Mr. and Mrs. Dove, Mr. and Mr. or Mr. and Mrs. Ram. He cre and I say all those because those are things that are still living today that we call them. Think about the purpose of what Adam was doing. You see, friends, oftentimes we think that the purpose is insignificant in the moment. We think the purpose is insignificant in that moment. 
But think about Adam. Adam had to create a space and a time to create all or to name all those animals. And guess what? It looks insignificant in the moment. But when you go to this side of it, all of a sudden, that thing has had a forever impact. Oh, there should be more amens on that. Because the insignificant thing that Adam did in this moment created, I mean, think about that. We're still, in, we're still calling rams rams. And I'm not talking about the Los Angeles rams. Go Seahawks. What I'm saying is we're still calling them. It was a simple thing that he was doing here, but it made an impact even now. And so I've come to encourage a mother in this house today where you think that you are so insignificant based upon what you do because you don't have a big salary. But friend, mother, let me tell you, let me encourage you right now. You are making an impact generationally because you are stepping into that role and you are doing the right thing and you're loving kids. I'm telling you, you're retired in this house. You're like, oh, I... I don't have much purpose. Friend, let me tell you, you have a ton of purpose. Why? Because you have a skill set and a knowledge that not many people have, that you have life experience. And some of you, most of you that are older than me, I've gleaned information from. I've gleaned how to follow Jesus better. I've gleaned how to love people. Why? Because you have taken your experience your personal experience, and you have created a purpose in that. So if you're not dead, you're not done. And you have a purpose inside of who you are. Maybe you're a caregiver in the room. And I'm talking teacher. I'm talking you could be a firefighter. You could be whatever, whatever it is. You could care for people in another way. And you think that that's so insignificant that you wake up every day and you're like, oh, I'm so, I'm so insignificant. The things that I do don't matter. Well, friend, you're creating dignity for somebody. That's powerful by you stepping out and creating your purpose and, and, and living out your purpose. Your purpose is greater than you think. It's greater than you think. And I've come to remind you to shift your perspective. Adam's role was way significant. God the creator commissioned uh, man to name the animals. And so we know our purpose when we start naming it. Because that's why we don't call our nursery and our TC Kids Junior and our TC Kids, we don't call that child care. No, because I don't believe it's child care. I believe it's leadership development because we're, crea- we're, we're creating a space for the next generation, what we call the now generation, and we are pouring ourselves into little ones that are going to be the, the next ones that are actually going to create a difference in our society. And so we call that leadership development. So when my little son says, hey, I'm going to invite people to church, you know what? That, gets, that creates some excitement in my heart because I see that it's having, that, that Stephen and Hillary and the whole crew are making a difference as they discover their purpose and they're making a difference into our next generation. We need that. We need that. And so God, every role is significant, and it's all about motives, and you ha- really have to name your purpose. And so sometimes you need to shift your perspective about your purpose. You know, you have to really shift it, and you got, you got to go, this season's different than it was last season, because it's so easy to live in last season, and that's an easy thing to, le- to live in because it's comfortable. You know, and, and comforts don't build character. You know, I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes what we have to do is we have to get out of that comfort zone so that our character can really be developed because we create a margin for God to move outside of the comfort zone that we currently, because it's always easy to go back. It's always easy to go back. But what I, want you, what I want to encourage you today is go forward, step forward, step into a new role, step into something new for, to discover your purpose in a new way. And so you have to start naming that purpose. And uh, I have a little daughter. She's the cutest thing on the planet. Um, <laughs> Her name's Kennedy, 
And she's a lot of fun. She's a lot of, she's a lot of joy. And uh, one of the goals that I personally have is, one of my goals is to drink a gallon of water a day. Um, I carry a jug of water around, and I'm not that one of those guys, okay, just FYI. But I carry a jug of water around, and I only carry it to the office. I carry it um, from the office to home, and it sits in my car the other times. Just because if it's not in front of me, I won't do it, right? And so sometimes you need to get something in front of you so that you'll do it. And so water, I like to drink water. And so my little, my little daughter last, last Sunday... It was after our powerful service. I went home, and I'm laying down, and I have the jug of water. It was over in the kitchen, and Kennedy was so sweet to me. She's just wanting to serve right, re- recently. She's acting like a dog at home only, and then she wants to serve, what, she wants to serve us. And so uh, last week, I'm sitting on the couch, and my feet are up, and I'm kind of tired, and I look over, and I, I'm like, where's my water jug? And I think, oh, no, it's on the kitchen counter. And don't judge me, people, because you don't want to get up, right? <laughs> Like, let's just be honest, you're comfortable on the couch, and you don't want to get up. So what do you do? You make your kids do it. And so I, said, I looked at Kennedy, and I said, baby, um, could you go get my water jug? I really am thirsty. Could you go get it? She goes, where is it? And I said, it's over on the kitchen counter. And she goes, okay. So she gets up. She gets, it's easier for her to get out of, off the couch than it is for me, even though I'm only 38. And so uh, she gets up. And she just, you know, her little hair's bobbing. She's just so happy, and she's running over there. And I see her grab it, and it's so heavy, and her puny little five-year-old arms can't hold it. And she's, like, shaking it, bringing it to me. And I go, baby, thank you. And she goes, I love serving you, Daddy, because it doesn't make your heart happy. It also makes Jesus' heart happy. You see, friends, when you start naming even the insignificant things you do, guess what? Your purpose is redefined, and you walk into things with a different expectation because you have to start naming your purpose. Naming, I'm not just coming to church, I'm coming to serve at church. It's a joy that I get to do. It's a joy that I'm not just going to that job I go to every day and get paid for. I have an opportunity. Thank God I'm paid to do what I do so that I can go out and create an income for my family. You have to change your perspective in the way that you look at things. You have to thank God for the season and you got to look at the purpose in which you are living in. So I have three things purpose gives us. You ready? Yeah. All right. Purpose gives us perspective. Purpose gives us perspective. And I want to encourage you that your purpose and your perspective sometimes have to shift. And when we are living a life of purpose, we realize it's not self-centered. Because purpose is not about self, it's about others, I think. Because I think everyone should have a, a, a ministry in the church and a mission in the world. And one of my life's missions, and it also bleeds into our church, is that whole idea of Night to Shine. By the way, registrations are open for volunteers and also for honored guests. So we've had an influx already take place. So I want to encourage you, go to the website. But, but when Adam was naming the animals and tending the garden, there, are, there was a reason he was doing it. There was a reason. He wasn't just doing it to do it. And I think oftentimes we look at our lives as we're just doing things to do them. That that's what we've done every day. That's how we do it every day. That's why we live every day. And so we go to our jobs and we go to our places and we go to our homes and we just get in the mundane and we get, and, and I think sometimes we need a perspective shift 
You see, I wear contact lenses. And if I take my contacts out, my, I have a different viewpoint, a different vantage point. But when I take my contacts and I put them in, I have a fresh perspective. I have a different perspective. And so sometimes we need to take our own contact, contact lenses and we need to put them into our life. And we need to see our perspective needs to shift so we can see with greater clarity. And so you don't just do things to do things. We don't just do night to shine because it's a cool thing to do and have a party. We don't just do, we do it to create a space for people to be loved. That's the reason behind it. We don't go to Abraxas High School every month to go and just go to Abraxas and, you know, buy birthday cake and to celebrate. We do it intentionally so that we can celebrate people, right? Because that's what is eternal, God and people. So we're going to love on people. We don't serve on Sunday. We don't just serve on Sunday. There's a reason behind it. You know, you don't, you don't understand the magnitude of standing on a front door and smiling. You don't know the impact that that can have in someone's life. You don't know the, the impact that a little child can have based upon us stepping out and saying, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to be in the nursery once a month. You don't have any clue how your life can transform and change because I know people that have dis- discovered their purpose not in a Sunday church service here, but they actually discovered their purpose in a kid's zone. They discovered their purpose in a youth room. They discovered their purpose in, in, in the nursery. They discovered their purpose at Vibrant Lives. And there are some people that I've learned that they didn't understand that they even had a desire to love people with special needs until this time of their life and they're in their, their, their senior years. You never know what your purpose can have. But but you have to flip your perspective. And let me tell you, if you're serving, if you if you're serving without sacrifice, meaning time, talent, and treasure, you're serving your purpose. You're not serving God's. And what we need to do is we need to realize that serving requires sacrifice. Think about Adam. (laughs) Adam in that garden, the sacrifice that he had. And I'm reminded actually of Luke 5, verses 1 through 11. And this is Jesus. And Jesus was in, uh, he was getting ready to preach, and he was in a boat. And as he's in the boat, he has the expert named Peter. This is before Peter was a disciple. He has an expert named Peter that knows fishing, right? Peter was like the deadliest catch guy. I mean, and and basically, Jesus, the crowd was around him, and Jesus got into the boat, and they pushed him out. So I don't know if if it's for his voice so it could magnify more. But what, what happened is Jesus, he's out there. He's preaching. He concludes his preaching. Imagine going to Mission Bay. And that, that's where I envision how, where Jesus was. He's standing there in that boat in Mission Bay. Waters are calm. He's preaching to a crowd. And then he tells Peter as he concludes, says, Hey, Peter, hop in the boat and push out to deeper waters. We're going to catch something. We're going to go and drop our nets down. And what does Peter do? I love what Peter does. He goes, oh, well, we've been out all night. We've been out all night fishing, haven't caught a thing. And I think that that's oftentimes how we live our life. Think about that. That's Jesus. That's the man that's going to change the world, that is calling Peter and telling Peter to go out. And in going out, what you can do is you're going to put your nets down and we're going to catch something. But yet Peter says, no, we fished all night. We fished all night. Does that sound kind of like you with Jesus? Like you're like, God, you're like no, Jesus, I can't do that. I, be, I have kids. I can't serve at the church. I have kids. Oh, I can't go and, and serve in this capacity over here. I, I just am too busy. I have too much. I can't, I, I can't discover my purpose. I just have too much. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough hours in the day. But what does Jesus do? He just still asks. He doesn't. He's not crazy. He just says, come on, 
Come on, come, come, come on, let's do this, let's do this. And so what did they do? They got in the boat together, Jesus telling the expert what to do, put the nets down, and what happens? The nets are overflowing with fish. The nets are breaking, and they're having to call people to come over to get the fish in the boat. And, what is Je- and then Peter runs to his knees at Jesus' uh, feet and, and, and repents and says, I'm so sorry for what I've done. And so Jesus says, now I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. You see, a purpose in one sphere of influence where Peter was a fisherman, it was redefined. And what did Peter do in his purpose? He left what he knew, right? Are you with me? Come on. He left what he knew and he went to what he was going to do. He left everything. He left his family. He left his friends. And I'm so grateful God doesn't always ask us to leave everything. He just asks us to give us his heart. And then in that process, he unfolds in what we should do and how we should uh, operate. I mean, it's incredible how God can move. But what happens is, is he takes this moment here and he redefines Peter's purpose here. And he says, you're going to fish for people. And there's people in this room that Jesus is knocking on your heart and he's saying, you know what? Your purpose is going to change here in the coming days. It's going to redefine who you are. Your purpose is going to shift. And I think that, 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 that you have to have the right perspective in your purpose. And we have to have a different attitude as the why in which we do things. Amen? Amen. And I, I, I'm just so, in, I really believe in my heart of hearts that we have to have a perspective shift in order for our purpose to really be developed as a church, right? Okay. I'm not just the church, right? We're doing this together. Here, everyone stand up for a moment. Let's stand up for a moment. Everybody stand up. I just want to take a moment. If you're able to stand up, don't feel obligated, but if you're able to stand up, I just want to tell you that you're loved, that I love you and I appreciate you, and you are the epitome of the church. You go out to a job every single day and you go out into your workplace, even if you don't have a workplace and you go to your, to your house and you're retired. I want to encourage you. You're making a difference. You're making a difference in people's lives. You're making a difference in the hearts of others by you actively living out your calling and your mission. And so I want to encourage you, keep doing what you're doing. I'm proud of you. If you haven't heard that in a long time from anybody else, hear it from your pastor's heart today. I'm proud of you. I love you. I appreciate you being the church every single day. And there's a war out there that we need to go. We need to fight together. Amen. Amen. And we need to do it as a unified army because I believe that the greatest days are in front of us, not behind us. And so we have to create margin. And I'm telling you right now, I love you and I'm proud of you. You can have a seat. I just, that was for free. I just wanted you to be encouraged. Number two, purpose gives us authority. See, I had the authority in the moment to do that because I had the microphone. But what I want to do is I want you to know that you're loved. But Genesis 2, 19 through 20, um, we've, we've been there uh, on multiple different occasions talking about the idea of purpose and, and, and how Adam's purpose was to go and name those different animals. But uh, Adam, God gave Adam the authority in his purpose. God allowed that to take place. So much so that God gave Adam the authority to name the, to name the animals. And this is what's mind-boggling. When I was talking with Katie about these messages, like we don't just go and kind of plan them on Sunday and then hopefully it works. You know, we, we toil over these messages. And we were talking this week and she, she brought up the revelation that Adam even named the serpent. Think about that. How mind-blowing is that? That even Adam names the serpent. But God gave Adam the authority to name all of the animals. You see, you have authority. Did you know that? 
I have authority. I had authority, or we did, sorry, uh, in naming our children, right? We had authority in doing that. God gave me the authority to name my child. God gave you the authority to name your, your offspring. That's really incredible to think about. And here Adam is naming all of the animals that were around him. And that blessing, that there's a blessing in the authority that God's given you. There's a blessing. When I named Carter, we knew we were going to name our son, if we were going to have a son, Carter, long before we were ever married. Because we had a conversation about it. Because we knew the, the significance of a name and the power of a name. And we knew that there's authority in naming something. And God has blessed us to name things. And then, and, and then I see this whole thing in the Bible of, of, of Adam naming the serpent. And then what happens in chapter 3? Something significant. The serpent was trying to take God's authority. And he was also trying to take God's purposes for man and also man's authority in that. God has given us the authority and the enemy's always trying to rob your authority. It's always trying to take things away from you. It's trying to take your calling. It's trying to take your purpose. It's trying to take your life. It's the enemy of our souls is real. He's the real deal. The devil is coming after you and he's trying to destroy us. But we have the authority to take every thought captive, and we have the authority to put them under our feet. Amen. But what we have to do is we have to claim that in, in Romans 16.20. Look at this. It says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. You see, that word soon, I want us to focus on that, it means anticipation. You see, so often we're trying to get rid of everything behind us. When really, we need God to get rid of the thing in front of us because the, the thing in front of us could be the very thing that could be delaying us from the destiny that God has for us. And so that word soon, that means shortly in other translations. It says, then the God of peace will shortly crush Satan's head. You see, when you put the enemy under your feet, there's significance in doing that. It's talking about the future because you know what? I need God to take care of my future, Amen. Not just my past, but I need him to take care of my present and my future. And I need him to put the enemy under my feet in the future. That's, that's in front of. And the word shortly comes from a military term that describes the way Roman soldiers marched in formation. They were instructed by their commanders, you are Roman soldiers. Lift your feet high, stomp loud, and let everyone know you're coming through town. That's the way Roman soldiers would march through town. And I believe that that's the way God wants us to walk over the enemy. Short and strong. Short and strong. But so often we're like, that's how we're getting through life. We're tippy-toeing. Oh, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to do, you know, like, but you need to stomp on the enemy's head and you need to keep marching forward. I'm telling you, there's power in that. You have authority. And some of you need to step on the enemy's head and you need to take authority and dominion over your life because God has given you authority and dominion because he has said, hey, you're my son, you're my daughter, I'm proud of you. And you've let the enemy, the wrong voice into you too long. It's time to take authority. It's time to take the authority in which you live. And so when you take the authority in which you live and you flip the perspective in the way that you live about your purpose, then your purpose will give you power. Power. That third one is power. Purpose gives us power. And purpose was created by the creator when he gave dominion over the earth to Adam. And purpose gives you the power to make a difference. 
You see, you can't do anything by yourself. You need the grace of God. And he has given us power. We used to sing songs, power, power, wonder and working power. And the, remember those songs, those powerful old songs? We, there, there are songs that are, that are powerful. There are, there are times that are powerful. But God has given you, church, you, the power. And we have to go into the world and to do battle and to wage war because we have purpose with inside of us that God has given us. Look at this in uh, Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let me personalize that. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Poway, in San Diego County, in California, and to the ends of the earth. We have the power to do that. But yet so often we are waiting for something to take place for us to live in the power that God has already given us. We're waiting for the stars to align. We're waiting for somebody to ask us to serve. We're waiting for all of these different things for everything to come to, come to pass. Friend, I'm telling you, stop waiting. You could be literally delaying the power of God in your life because you're holding back and you're withholding something that God wants you to walk into. I meet so many people that are standing on the sidelines of life. They're sitting on the sidelines. They're just right here on the sidelines, and they're waiting to score a touchdown. They're waiting to score the points, but they haven't got, even, got in the game yet. You can't have power if you're not willing to get in the game. And many Christians are sitting on the sidelines of their life, and they're kicking their heels, and they're saying, somebody else do it. Somebody, somebody else at, at the office is going to witness to that person. Somebody else is going to play worship music in their room. Some of that, somebody else is going to invite them to celebration. Somebody else will invite them tonight to shine. When I think that there's a church that needs to rise up and needs to understand the power, the authority, and the perspective, and they need to step out from where they are to where they want to be so that we could be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Poway, in Escondido, in San Marcos, wherever you are, wherever you reside, God wants you to go and make a difference in there. He didn't put you in that place just for some old reason. Oh, you're, I'm glad you're there. We live in a great place. Why not go and be foot soldiers like the Roman soldiers were and we're stomping forward and we're moving forward for what God has for us, right? Because I'm in this for the long haul, this whole thing called loving Jesus. I mean, some of you are my senior and you've been in it far longer than I've even been alive. And I admire you. You've allowed the purpose and the power to live out. And I think that we're coming into a new season. We're coming into a new season where there is going to be testimonies because we want testimonies, right? You want miracles to take place. Well, a miracle can't happen if you don't get in the game for it to happen. If you don't start praying for your miracle, it's hard for God to move. He knows it, but he wants you to be in community with him because he has the power to do so. He has the super of God and the natural of you. When you go and you connect with God, there is a supernatural thing that occurs. There's something powerful. That's why pray first was important. That's why connect groups are important. That's why next steps is important. Because what you're doing is you're utilizing the power that God has. And what you are doing in your natural state is coming together so miracles can take place. So breakthrough can take place. So you can see healing. You can see salvations. I prophesy of days to come where people are praying in their offices 
offices and they're seeing salvations of their coworkers. I, ha- I prophesy right now that we're going to see schools coming to know Jesus based upon a kid getting an idea like Carter Corgan, getting an idea saying, I'm going to invite kids to church. If, if it comes out of children, it's going to come out. It's not to build the house of God. It's to build God's kingdom. It's not just about this house. It's about the kingdom of God. And what we have to do is we have to realize the power that we have. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. And you have authority to discover your purpose. And so I don't know about you. I want you to stand to your feet all across this house. 